0: Hi, I'm Matthew Quinn from Future Sales Factory. Welcome to another one of our Business Roots chats. I'm here today with Evelyn MacDonald, who's the CEO of Scottish Edge. Evelyn, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Matthew? I'm blissful. Thank you very much. Always lovely to see you. Lovely to see you too. Good. Well, for those I'm familiar with it, but for those out there that aren't familiar with Scottish Edge, tell us about it.
1: So Scottish Edge is Scotland's biggest business competition and we support early stage, innovative, high growth potential entrepreneurial startups by providing uh, finance in the form of grants and loans and various forms of support to help those businesses to grow. And we do that with the aim of having a positive impact on the Scottish economy. What we're hoping is that by putting in that extra cash and that extra support those businesses will create jobs and they will also develop a product or service that they can sell, not just in Scotland, but out with Scotland, bringing money back into the Scottish economy. So they will have a positive impact on Scotland.
0: Oh, superb. So it's a really um, good spirited organisation. I mean, you're giving out not just money, but dreams, futures, aspirations, potential, all of that kind of stuff is all part of it.
1: Yeah, and actually one of the things I forgot to say there was that we, we set up Scottish Edge as a community interest company. It's a social enterprise because actually we do see that what we're doing, we're doing it for the good of the communities of the mm-hmm. businesses, that, that the places that the businesses operate in. Because obviously if those businesses can create jobs and, and you know generate wealth in those communities, that's
0: got to be good for Scotland. Absolutely, and I believe that you've done twenty-one rounds of competition now, and that's Another two a year on average, kind of-ish.
1: Yes, on average, two a year. The only the only year we didn't do two a year was uh, during the pandemic, so yes. twenty twenty. So yes, two a year, round twenty-one. We've now supported five hundred and sixty-nine winners, and wow. we've put out twenty-three million pounds in grants and loans.
0: Twenty-three million pounds.
1: Twenty-three million
0: pounds. So that's over a million a final. Kind of on average?
1: Yes, on average. It started off less than that, but we have managed to grow the competition. Uh, so in the last round, we gave out £1.4 million in, in prizes to 24 winners across based across
0: Scotland. And that's life-changing for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, we hear that a lot. Um, and I think it, it's not just the funding, it's the extra support we we give them. It's also the kudos of, of winning the EDGE competition because it, it has become quite well known. Mm-hmm. And also people know that it's not easy to win. You do have to go through three rounds of judging to actually secure that funding. So it does not mean that when people win EDGE, It makes other people sit up and take notice. So what we hear from our winners is that they're more likely to be able to get through the door to speak to funders, for example. Um, It's more likely that other um, organisations in the entrepreneurial ecosystem will be interested in working with and supporting them because they know that they've they've
0: got their CV. Yeah. And and that's even people who haven't won. Yes, it's kind of gone through and been been chosen in the early stages.
1: Yes, because even if people can say that they've been a finalist or a semi-finalist at age, then that means that they have gone through a rigorous process to get to that stage.
0: And when people don't manage to, to to clinch the kind of main prizes, you do also give them feedback on where they've gone wrong, where they can change, where they can improve. So you you don't mind when people come back a second, third, fourth time.
1: Not at all. In fact, what we find is about 50% of, of our winners win on the second, third and fourth time. Okay. So 50% just win first time and then the rest, they come back, they take the feedback. And we have this thing at Edge where it's it's not a no, it's a not yet. Yeah. And we try and put in feedback to enable people to address potential issues in their business and then, then come back again in the future.
0: Which is helpful anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, that... that that actually came out of it in the very early stages of Edge. It slightly bothered myself and Stephen Hamill. Who, we were the first two people that worked at Edge. The fact that it bothered us that we would be saying no to 90% of the people that course, were approaching yeah. us. So we thought, how can we add value hmm. to those people? So rather than coming into the competition and just getting a no, nope, forget it email from us we thought okay let's see if we can we can help can we give them feedback can we give them contacts that they could speak to other organizations they could approach is there something we can do to add value to Mm -hmm. recognize the fact that actually coming into edge would take them a bit of time a typical application form is about eight to twelve pages they have to make a three minute pitch video so there's quite a lot of effort in that so we feel it's respectful it's kind, it's supportive if we take the effort to give them feedback and help them to to take
0: their business forward. Yeah, definitely. It's a, a really good way of looking at it. Uh, and speaking of funding, so where does where does the prize money come from then? Ah, <laughs> lots of different places.
1: So, and, and that's very much my job, I have mm. to say, is, is CEO. Um, we, we're a tiny organisation and so we tend to have quite functional responsibilities as a yeah. team. And, uh, you know, Mine is essentially sort of strategy and fundraising. So we're lucky enough that we get support from the Scottish Government for the grants that we give out. And we also get support from Scottish Enterprise for those grants. So most of the grants are covered by the Government and Scottish Enterprise and some are covered by private donations in terms of the the funding that that we we give out the loans that we give out we were very lucky to receive a 2.5 million pound donation from the Royal Bank of Scotland when age started oh. so that was amazing for me and I when I came into the job we already had the promise of that yep. £2.5 million. And we use that to create a revolving loan fund. So essentially we, we push the money out the door and then, you know, we revolve the repayments. So to, to try and put that in context, we bring in about a million pounds a year in repayments. Hmm. So that helps build up the treasure chest between rounds. Yep. But we also top up that money every year. We've subsequently received another one million pounds from Royal Bank, although we're drawing that down over a four-year period. And we also receive support from other sponsors who cover specific awards. So, for example, we've got a Circular Economy Award, which comes from Zero Waste Scotland. We've got a Social Enterprise Award, which comes from Postcode Innovation Trust. Yep. All of those contribute money, which goes into the Revolving Loan Fund.
0: And you just mentioned this
1: is not just one type of prize. Yeah, the sort of four we've got. We've got Scottish Edge, which has got category prizes. We've got Young Age wildcard edge, which is essentially is a punt fund. Yeah. Some we're taking a punt on a really interesting individual with an innovative idea that we think with a little bit of money they might be able to take it forward.
0: So maybe scored low on the official yeah. score chart, but there's just something something in it you want to
1: put cash into and then we've got social enterprise edge which is supported by the people's postcode lottery and that enables us to help one or two social enterprises with every round
0: so okay it's a fascinating thing and and you know there's loads of good stuff in there and as i say i've been familiar and part of scottish edge if i may be so bold for quite some time Um, but i'm not convinced that would be the young evelyn's dream of the future So when you were, if you go back in, not many years, but a few years back in time, back to the 12-year-old Evelyn, what what did you want to be when you were older? What was your dream?
1: My dream was to write TV adverts. Really? Yes. That's amazing. I was not expecting you to say that. Yeah, so. where, Where did that come from? I don't know, I just loved the creativity of the advertising that I saw <laughs> in the, the sort of the 70s and 80s, yes. the Cinzano ads, oh, the, yes. the cigar ads. Hamlet cigar.
0: Hamlet yes.
1: cigar ads. Yes. Um, I, I just loved all of those things. They I, were great fun,
0: though. You could get away with more as well, I think. I
1: just thought that, that how much fun it would be to be coming up with those ideas. and to be the Cinzano one the one with Leonard Rossiter?
0: and and he's on on the Uh, airplane seat and goes back yes, yeah, yeah, of course my lord, yes, I'd forgotten all about those so okay, you wanted to you wanted to get into that creativity and, and 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 be part of that. And did you did you try for that?
1: Yeah, so so essentially I went to Glasgow Technical College, which is now Caledonian University, and I did a degree in communications, which was a very new degree for them, and it was yeah. a practical degree that was designed to help people to get into PR and advertising. Okay. So that was So, so that was what I studied. They didn't even at the time have an honors degree. I think the honors didn't get introduced until a couple of years after we graduated. So I did three years, um, and thoroughly enjoyed that degree. But then graduated at the point of, um, you know, at the time Margaret Thatcher was prime minister, we had the highest graduate unemployment in history, Mm -hmm. and I think, I think maybe only one of my classmates, I think there were 23 of us, went straight out into a job. We, wow. we all floundered um, quite quite badly. But at the same time, there were um there was a, a programme at the time which was designed to support graduates into work. And I applied for that and managed to get a job in a company called Heatwise in the Internal Communications Department. Mm-hmm. So that was Absolutely fantastic! So I got, um, you know, thrown into this department with some really interesting, creative people, and we published an in-house newspaper. I I think there was four hundred and sixty employees, and I was in charge of communicating with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did some external things as well, like the annual report, but I also had to produce in-house leaflets to tell. Um the staff about staff benefits and mm-hmm. these kinds of things,
0: and it was just it was just great fun. It was a really um so you're using the creativity, but just in a slightly different way,
1: yes, mm-hmm. absolutely so um, so I did that for over a year. I was only supposed to do it for a year, and then they wanted me to stay on, but then I managed to get a job in an enterprise agency, and this is where things changed for me, so I went into this enterprise agency. And actually, they were really keen on the sort of marketing skills that I had. But when I went into the enterprise agency, they were running a fund supporting young people in business by giving them £5,000 loans. Okay. And I just got fascinated by this. So that was my first experience of, of entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, business. And I just wanted to learn everything about this. I was kind of like, I don't, I don't care about the marketing anymore I, I want to do that I want to help these people um, and can I get involved in that and uh, and then at the same time decided that if I was going to do that I had to uh, had to know more about it myself so at the time um, my 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 partner who's now my husband and I then decided that we would set up a business ourselves mm-hmm. so we set up a small uh, PR agency which primarily dealt with PR for artists and bands.
0: I've got to ask you, so did you get any band clients?
1: Yes, we did. We did.
0: Any bands that we might have heard of?
1: No, not any of the ones that you would have heard of. Sort of small acts that had been signed, they were really pushing quite hard and we were trying to support them in succeeding. Um, But interestingly, we did work with well-known bands quite a few years later, um, because round about... 2014-2015 2014-2015 my husband and I turned our flat into a music venue and started hosting gigs and uh, I think we, the most uh, famous band we had play was Simple Minds so they came along and did an amazing acoustic set.
0: In, in your flat?
1: In, uh, yeah in my living room. Yeah, we, ma- we managed to squeeze 50 people in and it was it was it was uh, very intimate, and we also had mariachi Al Bronx, mm-hmm. who had a twelve-piece mariachi band from L. A. We had a band called Twilight Sad, we had Twin Atlantic, we had the Vamps. Um, so lots of really uh, amazing fans <laughs> playing and basically they came along, played we made a video, uh, my husband interviewed them and then it went up on a YouTube channel and it was, it was brilliant fun we did it for a year, absolutely loved it <laughs> Super. so we were doing that PR agency we were doing that as a side hustle and I was learning all sorts of things about mm-hmm. accounts, negotiating, yeah, yeah. invoicing, all those kind of things. At the same time, as is, is learning over here to be a, a business counsellor. So I said, I, I want to do this. So I, I made Glasgow opportunities stick me on all sorts of training courses uh, and, and I worked hard to get into that role while cutting my teeth actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, then... An organisation called the Princess Scottish Youth Business Trust started up, and I was asked by the incoming uh, director if I would join as the director of operations originally it was just it was the operations manager and i would come in and help establish a network of 18 regional managers across scotland Mm -hmm. delivering support so that kind of took me out of the, the front facing thing but gave me an opportunity to actually get 18 other people involved in delivering that um, for young people across scotland and at one point we were supporting over 600 businesses across wow. scotland a year which was hugely exciting a year yep,
0: yeah, okay. giving grants and loans so you're now director of operations for this organization and, you, and you've got some familiarity with a owning your own business and b supporting entrepreneurs startups and, and, and innovators and things like that where did you go next
1: well, actually, what happened? I, so I did the director of operations role for around ten years, and it and it was and had a lot of fun with it. But I then decided to actually to have a family, mm-hmm. and I just felt that I couldn't do that job and have a couple of kids because as I mentioned, we had 18 regional managers across the whole of Scotland. There was a lot of traveling. There was a lot of overnights. We I was also up and down to London because that, you know, I would be visiting the Princess Trust and the Princess Youth Business Trust in London. And I just felt that the two weren't compatible. Mm-hmm. And rather than um, pretend that I was going to come back when I wasn't, I decided to be completely honest with the board and said, look, i'm not going to do this job once i have my baby so if you want me just to if you want to find a successor and you want me just to leave then then so be it because i i can't i can't do this job which is more than 40 50 hours a week and, and and have kids that that's not how i want to bring up my family and luckily i got on very well with the board and they actually said to me well look one thing we've been interested in for a while is what happens after the business receives that initial funding and we could put in um, up to a thousand pound grant per individual in the business and up to a five thousand pound loan after that that was it so once the business was up and running there was no extra cash Mm -hmm. and they said we're really interested in you know additional follow-on funding what do you think about that and i said i actually think that would be a great idea so they said okay After you have your baby, why don't you come back two days a week and look at that for six months and tell us if you think we should be doing that? Mm -hmm. So I then spent six months doing a research project into this, concluded, as they probably knew I would, that we should absolutely be doing that. And then I spent six months raising the money and setting up what we called the growth fund. Okay, And that was going to give two different sets of loans, one of ten thousand pounds we called a development loan and that was for businesses that were pushing forward, and maybe needed an extra member of staff or an extra piece of equipment. and then we had the accelerator loan and that's for businesses that really wanted to push push further and that accelerator loan would typically be part of a package of finance that we'd be bringing in in order to grow. And I launched that that fund uh, on the day I found out I was pregnant with my second child, <laughs> okay. which maybe wasn't the best timing. And we started. I started running it, and initially that was two days a week, and then it became three, and then it became four, and. And I I loved that job. I absolutely loved it. It was great fun. My job was to go out, was to identify the businesses that, that needed the support, spend time with them to build their business plan, build their financials, then put a panel together who would go and One of the members of the judging panel would go and visit the business at their premises and write a report for the other judges. And then the person would come in and pitch to them. So a lot of the stuff we do at Edge hmm. and, um, We would then put the funding in and then I would match them with a mentor who would look after them um, during the the, the period that they had the loan from um, the the growth fund. So I did that for 10 years. And actually the interesting thing for me was that while I was running that and I mentioned I had to raise money, I raised money from Sir Tom Hunter and I got to know Sir Tom really well. He was also on the board at the Prince of Scottish Youth Business Trust. I raised money from the Royal Bank um, and... You know, I got to know a lot of people who were involved in supporting businesses across Scotland, whether that was actually the the, the support ecosystem or people like Sir Tom and the Royal Bank who were who were looking to put funding in to mm-hmm. help businesses to grow. And then during that, uh, you know, my time there, Scottish Edge started up at Scottish Enterprise and they got in touch with me and asked me if I wanted to judge and I thought, sounds great, let's mm-hmm. go along and, and participate as a judge. So I ended up, I judged the first stage in I think round two, in the second round I was a semi-final judge and then I think I was back to first stage by round four, by which point I had pitched to the government to set up Young Age and they gave me the funding while I was at PSYBT to set up Young Age mm-hmm. and then the job came up at Scottish Edge and it seemed like the the right thing to do. Yeah. Scott, Scottish Enterprise had decided to push Scottish Edge out to the private sector. They were looking for a CEO. I had years of experience running a revolving loan fund. I had built a community um, of businesses. That had you had been
0: the contacts with the Royal Bank. I had the
1: contacts. Yeah. I knew Sir Tom, who was supporting Scottish Edge. I knew the team at Royal Bank who were supporting Scottish
0: Edge. You fundamentally the most perfect person.
1: I think I was, but it was also incredibly lucky because mm-hmm. things were changing at the Growth Fund. The Princess Trust had merged with the Princess Scottish Youth Business Trust. They were looking at all the different things that they were delivering and they had decided that they didn't feel the Growth Fund was a core business activity. So whilst they acknowledged that it had been successful and we'd helped some really interesting businesses, it wasn't where they were focused. So they were in the process of looking at winding that up. And I was faced with kind of losing what had been my baby for the last mm. 10 years. And then another one came along and and I it, it, it felt like, yeah, it, it was just incredibly lucky actually, because it was the perfect
0: job for me. Yeah. I mean, you say lucky, right? But and, and if you go back to the things we've talked about, it does sound like a very lucky journey, but you've put yourself in the right place at the right time. Do you really think that's luck or does, is it putting yourself in the position where you receive some luck? Which which one is it?
1: I think it's a combination of the two. I mean, I do also like that phrase, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's all very well to be in the right place at the right time, but people are still not going to consider you for those roles unless you have that enthusiasm, mm-hmm. that creativity, that hard working mindset that, that, that they're looking for. So you know, I am saying I, I did feel incredibly lucky that the Scottish Edge job came up at the right time. But the reason that I got that job was because sir, who you are because yeah. because Sir Tom and the Royal Bank and the various other organisations involved, the Scottish Government, they could see what I had how hard I had worked with the growth fund and and, and how passionate I had been about that, um, and I think could see that I would take th- those learnings and that passion and enthusiasm for business and, and bring that to Scotland. So you're change. making your own luck to a certain, to a certain extent, extent but I still feel I, st- I, st- still, I still feel blessed. Feel, hey, yes,
0: yeah. I still feel yeah. lucky. So so this very lucky, very very positive, very happy, enjoyable story. There must have been some humps along the way, Evelyn. What what challenges have you faced?
1: Oh, I think the worst one for me was the pandemic. I mean, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I, I was, I was scared, um, because as soon as, as soon as things started to go wrong, our phone just didn't stop ringing, or the email didn't stop pinging. Because at the time of the the pandemic, we had supported around just over four hundred businesses quite a lot, I think about a quarter of those had loans. So about 130 of those had loans to us. Mm-hmm. So they were getting in touch saying,
0: I'm, I'm, I don't know how to pay this. I'm not going to
1: yeah. be able to pay my loan. In fact, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to continue trading. Because obviously right at the very beginning, we forget now there were there were no there was no bounce back loan scheme. There was no job retention scheme. There were no government grants. Right at the very beginning we were thinking, um, how how long is this going to last? And you know, are we going to be able to trade through and and how on earth are we going to survive? So from my point of view, obviously, I've mentioned about the loan repayments coming in. Mm -hmm. I need that money coming in to build up my price pot. If I don't Mm -hmm. have that money coming in, my price pot will will start disappearing. Yeah. At first, I was just really worrying about the businesses because I was getting real panicked calls. And then I started worrying about my own business, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously, because our, our income, because we 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 decided automatically if anybody phoned, we would cut their repayments right down. So we, we don't do zero repayments. But what we tend to do is if someone's struggling, we say, okay, just pay £25 a month. That mm-hmm. keeps their direct debit live, which is is easier from a... a um, administrative Mm -hmm. point of view so we just decided we would automatically do that with everyone that was panicking um but what that meant is that our income just fell off the cliff Um, and then of course we couldn't run around which then meant i couldn't take money from the sponsors Mm -hmm. and all this so i i that that was probably my biggest challenge but what we did very quickly was what everybody did we recast our cash flow i paused the competition trying to be as as careful it's
0: a sensible thing to do
1: and then we decided that if we weren't running a competition, we would dedicate the, the time that we weren't running the competition, which I think was from April until July when we relaunched it, was dedicated to supporting each and every one of our businesses.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What we would do is I would, we would spend a week going through every single type of support you could possibly offer a, a business during the pandemic and we would distill it into one newsletter and send it mm-hmm. out to everybody every week. I would also stick in my song of the week because that's just me and I
0: love music. Born Free by victories.
1: I think I did go into yeah. one of them, actually. <laughs> so, and, you know, and and that just created a really nice feeling from, because the alumni were coming back to us and saying, this is great, this is really helpful. We can see that you've got our backs. We can see that you care about, about what we're going through. Not everybody was struggling, but we did a survey at the beginning and about 65% of our winners um, either were doing, were struggling, or were um, kind of all. barely breaking yeah, even yeah. during the pandemic. And and, and about thirty five percent of them were either doing the same or better. There were a few that absolutely, you know, took off during the pandemic.
0: And if you think of when Edge started, kind of eight eight nine years ago. When the pandemic was three years ago then your, your oldest business would have been about five years old yes if you see what i mean so yep. you're, th- these are new businesses and they're still in that um, primary stage where is the big d- danger period for any business is the first five years and yep. most of your people will be one two three years old i guess so they were real you know n- n- no cash in the bank that's right know, no support no you know no loans already paid off no capacity to get more loans so yeah it must have been very scary for them
1: so it was hugely scary. I mean, obviously the government did really step up with things like the job retention scheme, with mm. all the the different things. Scottish Enterprise put out a lot of grant funding to yeah. support. But I think at that beginning, that initial period, I don't think I'll ever forget that kind of March, April period. We've
0: got we've got to the end of the pandemic. Things are coming out. The biggest challenge faced and overcome, because that was, as you mentioned, that's when you started doing some sort of the finals online. And I remember hosted a couple of maybe two finals. Yes. Online, one in this very studio and one somewhere else. Things are now back on track with a few positive changes, like the um online final semi finals and things like that. So it it's it's actually a good thing at the end. Um, imagine you've gone back in time, back to uh you've met the twelve year old Evelyn, um, dreaming of writing T V adverts. What one bit of advice would you give that young lady? <laughs>
1: I think actually, you know, I, I, I suppose the, the, the key piece of advice that, that, that I, I would give my younger self is actually something that I think that I, I have stuck to, which is work hard, yeah. ask questions, um, you know, don't be shy to I mean I think I, I was shy when I was younger but when I got older and I was pushing myself into things the only way to do that was to ask questions all the time to to ask people to teach you mm. um, so I think always be curious always ask questions always try and learn you know life is a learning journey you're never going to um, you're always going to have things that you need to know more about so just stay curious stay learning keep asking
0: questions keep and asking for support and be lucky and try and be lucky yes, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> superb well thank you evelyn i really enjoyed that thank you very much for joining us it was
1: lovely thank you
0: and thank you to everybody out there for watching if you want to know more about scottish edge then you can look them up online or even apply for the next round of the competition As you know, there are plenty more of these Business Roots chats on your normal podcast platform. So if you want to watch some more interesting people like Evelyn, then please check them out. But for now, be lucky and we'll see you soon.